Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In January of 1925, a quarantine had been issued for the village of Nome, Alaska. Dr. Curtis Welch, Nome's lone physician, feared that the recent diphtheria outbreak was days away from developing into a full-blown epidemic that could put the entire 1,400 Alaskan coastal town population at risk. The lethal respiratory disease had already claimed many lives, most of them children, and Dr. Welch knew that only an antitoxin serum could ward off the fast-spreading disease. The closest supply of life-saving medicine, however, was stored more than 1,000 miles away in Anchorage. Nome's harbors were frozen over and would be for months, making sea transport impossible. The only two airplanes in the state were in storage for the long winter, and being open cockpit could not fly in Alaska's sub-zero temperatures regardless. With the nearest train station almost 700 miles away in Nainana, the survival of Nome's children and the fate of the village as a whole lie in canine power, and their specially trained sled-pulling dogs. Sled dogs were used regularly to help deliver mail, and on the night of January 27, 1925, the territory's governor, Scott C. Bone, recruited the best drivers and the best dog teams to stage a round-the-clock relay to deliver the ever-precious cargo, the diphtheria serum, from Nainana to Nome. A 20-pound package of serum wrapped in protective animal fur was entrusted to musher Wild Bill Shannon for leg one of the journey. The parcel was secured to Shannon's sled as he and his nine Malamuts set out on the first steps of the 674-mile Great Race of Mercy over and through some of Alaska's most rugged and fiercest terrains. Even by Alaskan standards, this winter night was bitter, bitter cold, with temperatures plummeting to 60 degrees below zero Fahrenheit. Shannon knew he had to control the pace of his team, although every second was precious to the residents of Nome. If the dogs ran too fast and breathed too heavy, they could frost their lungs and die of exposure. Despite running next to his team to raise his own body temperature, Shannon still developed hypothermia and frostbite by the time his 52-mile leg to Talavana was done, and he passed along the serum to the next dog team. With the moonlight and northern lights guiding the way, the relay averaged a speed of 6 miles per hour, and while each team averaged 30 miles, the country's most famous musher, Norwegian-born Leonard Sepala, left Shaktulik on January 31st for an epic 91-mile leg. Sepala's team had already traveled 170 miles from Nome to intercept the relay, so he decided to take a risky, dangerous shortcut. He crossed the frozen Norton Sound in the midst of a gale that dropped wind chills to 85 degrees below zero. Sapala's lead dog, 12-year-old Siberian Husky Togo, had logged tens of thousands of miles and guided his 19 fellow dogs across the Sound's slippery, glassy surface. Sapala, Togo, and their team 
made it safely to the coastline only hours before the ice cracked. They continued to hug the coastline on the blowing snow before meeting up with the next musher, Charlie Olson. Olson trekked 25 miles before handing the serum off again to Gunner Kaysen for the second-to-last leg of the relay. Kaysen immediately encountered a blizzard that was so blinding that he could not even see his team, let alone his trusted league dog, Belto. On loan from Sapala's kennel, Belto relied almost entirely on scent rather than on sight to guide the 13-dog team over the icy Alaska tundra, even as the pelting snow began to build up on his long brown coat. Somewhere along the way, a wind gust of upwards of 80 miles per hour launched the entire sled over a snowbank and sent the antidote into the air. Kaysen frantically searched through the snow, tearing off his mittens and doing so with numb hands. By divine intervention, Kaysen was able to locate the serum and continue on. When he arrived in port safety in the early morning hours of February 2nd, he encountered the final driver not prepared for departure. Kaysen decided to forge on to Nome himself rather than waste time. After covering 53 more miles, Belto led his team down Front Street at 5.30 a.m. to deliver their package to Dr. Welch's office and save the people of Nome, Alaska. The relay had spanned five and a half days, cutting the previous speed record nearly in half. Four dogs perished from exposure, giving their lives for the children of Nome. Three weeks after injecting village residents with the antidote, the quarantine was lifted. Of all of the dogs and drivers that had participated in the relay, it was the canine that had anchored that went on to become a media superstar. Within weeks, Belto had signed a Hollywood contract to star in his own 30-minute film, Belto's Race to Nome. After touring for nine months, Belto was also in attendance in December of 1925 when a bronze statue of his likeness was unveiled in New York City's Central Park. Since 1973, the memory of the serum run has lived on in the famous Iditarod trail sled dog race. It is held each March and is run in part on some of the same trails beaten by Belto, Togo, and the dozens of other dogs in a frantic race against time in an effort to save the people of Nome, Alaska, almost 90 years ago. This has been a Missing Chapter Short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to more shorts as well as full-length episodes on Spotify and all other major podcast providers.